Welcome to episode eight of the Lisa Fisher Said podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or camera since the mid-1980s. I think of myself as the go-to for all things Little Rock and Arkansas, but I also like learning about other people and what they have to offer. That's why I started a podcast. My guest for this episode is the guy with whom I co-hosted a very successful radio morning show on B98.5 in Little Rock. His name is Jeff Matthews, and you'll get to meet him right after this. In this day and age of social media and big box stores, you know what we all miss? Customer service. That's why I want to direct your attention to Brandy Harp the principal broker at John Underhill Real Estate. It's a boutique real estate agency here in Little Rock, Arkansas. And it's the one that wins award after award after award. It's the one where people say, oh, I really wish they put their name on a sign in my yard. And especially with these historically low rates, people are selling houses. Brandy Harp's name is all over them. A friend of mine just used her. They've been buying and selling homes for 35 years. They said they've never had the customer service they had when they worked with Brandy Harp and John Underhill Real Estate. You can get more information by clicking the banner ad on my website and do it right now. It's at lisafishersaid.com. Let's talk home building just a moment and home remodeling. Have you been daydreaming about that perfect master suite or maybe adding on a room to your home? I got a guy. It's Richard Harp with Richard Harp Homes. You can go to his website right now. You can start looking at the beautiful things he's done throughout central Arkansas, and you and Richard can develop a plan, a plan that keeps you within budget, ding, 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 and also keeps you within time. Now, of course, there are things that happen that are outside of Richard's control, but I'm telling you, the folks who work with Richard Harp, whether it's a tiny remodel or an entire project, walk away from there and say those two things. Say, Richard did everything he could financially to keep me within budget or under budget, and he did everything he could to keep the time from getting away from you. If you've ever built or remodeled, you know what I'm talking about. For more information, go to my website, lisafishersaid.com. Click on the banner ad for Richard Harp Homes. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. All right, this is a really big episode. It's uh, the homecoming episode for Lisa Fisher Said, Jeff Matthews being my guest, of course. Jeff, um, I opened up to uh, the social media and said, what would you like for me to bring up <laughs> to Jeff Matthews of the almost 10 years we're on the radio? <laughs> Yeah. We'll, we'll start with the most inappropriate one first. So if people want to go ahead and skedaddle after this story, they'll be done. <laughs> but Jeff, it was the time it was <laughs> in, in August. It was a real hot summer. And uh, you had, it was about 5.58 in the morning. We were the only radio station that was awake. Everybody else didn't start till six. So we yeah. just had a lot of scragglers there. And um, you said you had mowed the lawn. You said, but you didn't finish. You did the front, but you didn't do the back. And I said, you said maybe kind of like a mullet, you know, short in the front, long in the back. And I go, right. oh, you know, I like to combine words, short in the front, long in the back. I said, like a schlong. Well, yes. <laughs> to which you put your head down and you pushed your chair back. <laughs> and you you said, it was great working with you. And Monday, we'll have a new co-host here. And I said, what? And you said, please don't Google. Because there I was about to go, tapity tap, tap, tap. Yeah. And you said, you honestly don't know what the term means. And I said, short in the front, long in the back. And you said, no, ma'am. Yeah. So that um, that started, uh, I think people spilled their coffee in the McDonald's line that day. Probably, probably. You were an early adopter of the combining <laughs> of words. And yeah, not always uh, not always appropriate. No. Uh, not no. always accurate, but yeah, no, definitely no. An, an early adopter oh, of uh, goodness. So of that. Schlong kicks yeah. off our, our reunion show here. Jeez. Um, we we did have a lot of people <laughs> ask a lot of questions about our time together. They said they loved it when I would say something 
and you would get embarrassed and you just stop talking, whether it was breastfeeding or I can't even remember. They said if I talked about thongs, Jeff would go, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and, and um, this is all coming back to me really quickly of how many times I was embarrassed <laughs> for the course of the 10 years. And it's great to know. That some of the most memorable things I did had nothing to do with me saying anything. No. Oh, you were never inappropriate, <laughs> It though. was just silence. Your reaction. Yeah, your reaction. <laughs> Definitely your reaction. Okay, well, let's get people up to date. So we were on the radio from... To, I, I just came to fill in a couple of days. Right. As we like to say, and I left with a two-year contract, you know, <laughs> because the guy you were working with, RIP, got, you know, got, got fired and... It was unfortunate for him. It was very fortunate for me. I knew I, I came in on a Thursday and Friday and I had met you at Fellowship Bible Church because you were like a Sunday school teacher for one of my kids. Uh-huh. And so I'd met you a few years earlier, knew you were on the radio, all those things. So the first day we were together, didn't, I mean, we just seen each other. Hi, how are you? And we opened the mics and I just had fun with you. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're so dang funny. You're. Your comedic timing is, I've told you before, David Letterman quality. Wow. Um, so that first day, in things were going swell until I said, crackhead ho shoes. <laughs> and, you, and you said, there, there are a few rules we have here. You said, not many. Yeah. But one you said is, you said, Lisa, the people in their cars are moms. And we used to say minivan, you know, soccer moms and their minivans. And you said, that's probably not really appropriate for this audience. Yeah. And it was, and and again, I I had listened to you, you know, when I, I, my story was I moved back from Oklahoma and you were on zoo 98. And so I I knew you professionally, of course, and and then all, all the TV stuff as well. But yeah, but I did. I didn't know what to expect when when you got there and, and started <laughs> with some of the, some of the terminology and and things. Right. It was like, oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know that soccer moms want that and and need that. But as it turns out, they did and they loved it and it worked for almost a decade. So yeah, but you remember there was a lot of pushback. People we would say people don't like change. They don't we like change. That. You're exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And then when change comes in and a loud mouth mom, it's just not what they were expecting. They thought they were going to turn on Caleb. <laughs> and it wasn't. <laughs> no, and it wasn't. No. So, um it was it was just shocking and we got a lot of hate mail, we got a lot of hate texts. That's when people actually called places. No, they didn't text. I'm sorry. It was just hate emails because we yeah, didn't have text yeah. yet. And I I think I said to one of them, I said, look, I'm going to grow on you. You're going to end up <laughs> liking me when this is all said and done. And sure yeah. enough, some of them finally did. But Well, and, it, and, and I think the reason that it did work was because of how different we were. But I also knew how to let you have your space. You I know? know. And to let you go as far out on the limb as you wanted to go and then bring <laughs> us back as a show, as a station, uh, yes. just appropriately enough, you know? Yes. I mean, that's, it's just, why well, I think that's why it worked. Um, you know, and in, in the role I had prior to, to your arrival, it was different. And, you know, I, I was always okay with, all right, let's see how far she wants to go with this. And if, and if my reaction, my genuine reaction was to put my head down and or slide back from the microphone, <laughs> then there were certain members of the audience who were doing the same thing. But but the way I, I've looked at it then and I look at it now, it's, well, they may have wanted to do the same thing, but they're not going to quit listening. And yeah. they are going to, it's, it's you know, and our, our boss, Randy Kane, helped us understand, you know, and we did too, as we talked about it, we were characters on a show. And when you think about every successful show, they had characters that are not the same. And they they have their own um, ways of doing things and ways of saying things and ways of reacting. And um, it was it was genuine. I think that's that's why it worked. Well, you taught me so much about the art of radio, um, the art of interviewing. Uh, Someone recently said to me, because we are recording this and I know we're, you know, putting this in we're going to when we're going to air it. So um, my tech guy, Darren, or somebody had said to me recently, you don't write down questions for people. And I said, no, I was taught by Jeff Matthews that you listen 
And mm-hmm. you taught me, Jeff, that being a good listener makes you a good interviewer. And you never once walked into an interview with anyone we ever had, because we got to interview people all the time. But you you never had no pretense, obviously, about you, but you just never had anything written out where I'm going to do this, this, and this. You just let it grow organically. Yeah, and you know, I, I, in in my new role, I, I do some of that still, and it didn't, but it has to be scripted. And, and I know we'll probably get into what I'm doing now later, but some of it is scripted because it's more television and the timing is different. But I, I've thought about how much I miss just the conversation and mm-hmm. not having not having a point other than just getting to know someone and introducing them to someone. And, and I was reminded recently about where that came from for me. And I, I, my very first job in radio was at a little radio station here in Conway, um, KTOD, the voice of Toad Suck Country. And I, for $3 an hour, I did everything that <laughs> I do. This was in the late 80s, 89. And one of the things I would do is that I would work ball games. And so a baseball game would be on late. And then once the game was over, we would switch the feed. I'd go and literally flip a switch to the Larry King show. And so I would drive back home and I would be listening to the Larry King show. And I remember him saying a few times whenever he would interview like an author, he would never read the book. And and I thought that was so interesting. I thought, well, why wouldn't he read the book? Why wouldn't he be prepared? And so, you know, to me, the preparation is in the curiosity. And oh, right. that, that was kind of where that came from. And I, you know, I heard him talk about it so often and it was a late night overnight show. And so there was some, some different, it was a, a different set of, I don't know, different set of circumstances involved how he would do it, but it was different than in the day when you've got to hit a certain tone for news and things like that. So I don't know, it kind of came from that. And, it, and it's, it's something that I, I still think I try to do. I certainly try to do it even in my personal life. I try to be a good listener. I don't know that that my wife would agree with that all the time. Sometimes I'm, I'm quick to respond when I, when I need to be a little bit slower, but um, yeah, that, that's something that I, I think is, is lost, but I love the idea of podcasts because it does allow for that. It allows for just conversation. And if you want to opt in for 15 minutes or two hours, you can to get to know people better. Well, that was one thing that I think my biggest struggle when I came to B98, because I'd been in long form talk in the 80s before I was at Zoo 98. And you would have to remind me, this is differently. So this is people are coming in and out. They're getting a little bit of this. They want a little music. They want a little of us talking, but then they Mm -hmm. want to move on with their day. So it is probably my ears were trained more for the Larry King type. Yeah. And there were other people from the eighties that were on the right back when it was more long form. And that's why podcast is a great thing. What podcast do you listen to? I listen to the Tony Kornheiser show. Yes. Love him. Monday, Wednesday, Friday is when they're doing their show. Now. Um, I listen to the Dan Patrick show every day. It's not a, I don't listen to it in the podcast form. I listen to the, to the live um, show, but it's still, you know, pretty much everything that's done in that talk vernacular can be, podcast um i listened to i just i've recently finished the brian baumgartner uh podcast about the office the Uh the office i don't know if you've heard it or not but yeah it's it's a deep dive into it it is it's so very good my uh my wife loves the um you know the the true crime podcast. Oh, I'm obsessed. You know, we have, we have, we we wore out a trip to Colorado, uh, had to be reminded that we had four kids in the back, um, that would also need to stop and use the restroom or eat. (laughs) We were on those stretches of I-70 driving through Kansas, Colorado, where you can kind of get lost in a story. Um, and so some of that, you know, I'm still, I'm still a sports guy. And so I still pay attention to a lot of sports and listen to a lot of that, but um, still love music. You know, I, I still am, am, am interested in a lot of new music that I always have been, you know, I don't know why I've always gotten bored with, uh, with artists. And so it's always like, who's new, what's next, you know, whether it's just new to me or whatever, but I still, I'm still kind of the same, same interests. So you too is still 
on your radar. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We saw them um, the last time around. We saw them a couple of times, once in Tulsa and once in Nashville. And it was um, my wife, uh, my wife now, she was uh, my girlfriend at the time, Candy, had never seen them. And so a couple opportunities to to go introduce her to them. And um, so, yeah, yeah, they're definitely still, they're probably the one from the old days that I still listen to. Everything else is kind of new. Well, any new music that you would tell us about, they would end up being, they would make some type of music charts, not necessarily what we were listening to at B98.5, but I still see some of those names, whether it's Drew and Ellie Holcomb or uh, I don't know, just whoever you told me about, I'd go, yeah, Jeff Matthews told me about them. Okay. Well, let's talk about the girl who was your girlfriend, who's now your wife. Give us an update. Well, it's, it's, it's. Incredible. God has has hooked me up in ways that I never certainly deserved. Um, her name is Candy, uh, Candy Allen. She's uh, from Clinton, uh, grew up across the street from the high school up there or from the school. All the schools were on one campus there. And um, dad was uh, an educator and, and mom is an amazing lady. And so we got married in August um, at a beautiful place called the Barn at Greer's Ferry. Um, in B Branch, and it's it's just it's a it's a breathtaking place that we got married, and we've we're blending our families. She has a a son that's fifteen and plays football at Conway High, and my three kids are now sixteen, fourteen, and twelve. And stop uh, it! Yeah, I know. Mary Grace <laughs> is a junior, and so she's uh, driving. Ellie, she is. Yeah, wow. she started. She turned sixteen in in February, and um, Ellie's fourteen, and Beckett's twelve, and. We've got them at three different schools here in Conway and um, just learning. to. We've, we've dated for a while. So the kids all know each other and, you know, we're getting used to the idea of being under one roof. And um, yeah, we, uh, we've taken this pandemic and really kind of turned life around. We, uh, we were on a a trip to the beach with some friends and decided, you know what, it's time. Let's sell both of our houses. Uh, We lived in the same neighborhood, but five houses apart and, Oh, how funny. (laughs) If one of us, you know, forgot milk, we just, we were in walking distance of our two houses for years and um, put our houses on the market and sold them and and bought a home together. And uh, like I said, just, just this whole idea, I never dreamed of, of what being a blended family would look like and being a stepdad would look like. And my kids having a stepmom and uh, she's amazing. And it's, it's been an incredible blessing. It really has been. And, And life is has gotten really good. I turned 50 in early September. Stop and, it. Yeah. And I, you know, took a, took a, um, a page out of your book that I've followed over the years and started intermittent fasting in early March. Really? And, yeah. And, um, I had just through the stresses of being alive and right. I had, you know, but not, I mean, I certainly didn't put all my weight back on, but I'd put enough weight back on that. I was, I needed to make some changes and, um, early March when all this hit with the COVID, um, the, the virus and my job sent me home to, to work from home. I thought, well, I'm within walking distance of the refrigerator in the pantry. <laughs> He's here to stop me or I can stop myself. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. And so I, um, I did the one meal a day and, um, as of this morning, I've lost a, about 55 pounds and feeling great and it's unbelievable it yeah at least it's been a real you know and you know my story i mean i've i've struggled with it off and on you know for years and it's just really strange how this has kind of been the thing that's that's taken and um i can see a difference i mean even now you know we just had our um we got married in august and we had a, a real brief um small ceremony and then in uh a week and a half ago we had our reception finally, and it was limited anyway. And we gave away masks at the front door, I mean, you know, it's yeah. doing things in this time, but, um, but you know, we had lots of good food and lots of good cake. And so there were a few pounds I put on and hopped right back on the one meal a day and saw the weight come back off. I mean, it's just, it's something that works and it, I know it doesn't work for everybody, but you know, man, it does for me. And I'm, I've been very, very pleased and feel good. And I can certainly tell the difference in just everything. I mean, how, how I sleep, how definitely, I, yeah, I definitely how you sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been good. 
So um, just let's talk intermittent fasting talk then just a minute. What yeah. is your window or windows? What we say when we start to eat, like what time yeah. of day do you eat? What time of day do you think I'm done with my one meal? Well, I it's it's usually pretty late. I mean, well, I say that, but as I've entered my fifties and as, as, as my wife, it's, she's, she gets home from work about four 30 and she's usually pretty hungry at that point. We kind of have dinner around five. And, um, so we, that's kind of what I do. I eat from five yeah. till about seven and yeah. shut it down. And, you know, it's real. I mean, I, I drink, I drink black coffee throughout the day. I, um, these little, the little mix-ins that you get at Walmart, the little zero calorie mix-ins to just have a little flavor mixed in to, uh, to the day. But, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a late evening or not late evening, but a late afternoon, early evening window for me. Um, I used to think I had to have breakfast, you know, and, it's amazing if you hit the ground running and you're busy when you realize you don't. Right. Get to, you know, I'll get to around 12, 30, 1 o'clock and think, man, I could eat lunch or I could wait just a few more hours, find something to keep myself busy and I'll eat then. And I know that if I can give my body the rest of those hours that it needs to do whatever the body needs to do, then I'm going to see my weight either continue to come off or I'll maintain and you know, I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll just say it. I was at, I was at 205 this morning. Wow. 202 was the lightest that I've gotten on this journey. And, you know, I, at one point I was 380 before I had wow. my past surgery and got back up to about 260 after losing some weight, um, after a divorce that I went through. And, um, yeah, so if I can get these, get these last five pounds off, I'll be below 200 for the first time since high school. Well, Jeff, that is well, right there. Right I there. mean, my goodness, I am so proud of you. Thank you. I mean, go big or go home. I mean, there are a lot <laughs> of people that try this for do it and do not have that success. I will start year four in November. By the time this wow. airs, I'm starting my fourth year. I'll never go back to all day eating. I have so much more energy. The minute I eat, I get sleepy. You know, I've... Mm -hmm. It's just, um, and then you start I, realizing it's, it's an insulin thing. Insulin, once you start releasing yeah. insulin and it often makes you tired. So is that why, like the days that I'm like, uh, you know what, I'm going to do 16, eight today or, or whatever combination. And so I'll have lunch. Well, then it's like, all right, I'm going to have a snack and I'm going to have another snack and I'm going right. to have a snack. It's time for dinner. But if I don't eat lunch, I'm not hungry. Is it's that not crazy. It's, right. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's the trick that insulin, so when insulins are released, the brain realizes there's something to break down glucose and usher it to the cells. That's what insulin's role is. Once the brain recognizes that and you release insulin, so you might be releasing insulin even when you have those zero calorie things. So you, if you feel a little hunger mm -hmm. after them, it's because you might be releasing insulin because insulin then it stores fat, but it also signals that it, it lowers your uh, blood sugar. So then it kind of makes you hungry. But if you can power through, which you do clearly every day, except for well, the days you have a longer day. window, like on vacation and stuff like that. I mean, exactly. you have to yes. live your life, people. Yes. yes. But I can, uh, the other day I got busy. I was having dinner at some friend's house and I did 22 hours, opened my window with a snack about three o'clock because I knew I was going to have a pretty heavy dinner that night. And then I didn't die. You know, I went 22 hours, didn't eat. I do 24 hour windows often. Um, if I do TV production during the week, I cannot eat before it because it makes me so sleepy. Yeah. And I, and I have a teleprompter I have to read and I don't love doing that. So for me to focus, I have to be in the fasted state where I'm burning ketones for fuel. You get in ketosis every day with the intermittent fasting once you get to about 18, 19 hours. And that's when a process called autophagy sets in. And that's when you replenish your cells, you clean out the old ones and get new ones. And that's what scientists are saying are treating. That's what's treating and preventing dementia and cancer. So oh, wow. it's, it's a health plan with a side effect of weight loss that you're seeing. So you're still working on your doctorate. Yes, I still, I'm 12 years away. It's what we say. Away. You're right. Okay. I, yeah, I still getting love closer it. closer every day. That every day, every day. Well, that's, yeah. And, and that's, I would love, I say this, I say I would love to understand it more, but. You don't here, need to. I, exactly. That's what I'm, I'm thinking. I, I understand it for me. And if it makes me a better husband and a better employee and a better dad and a better neighbor and everything else, then that's what I understand. Perfect. 
That's exactly right. Yeah. And that's why it's very individual and it's not a one size fits all. Uh, some people le- thinking uh, uh, one meal a day. Some people call it OMAD. They're like, OMAD, are you starving yourself? No. When I do OMAD one meal a day, I'm eating well yeah. in my t- about two hours. I don't do that often, but I, but I might. I mean, it doesn't like today I won't eat until I eat. I have an, I'll be busy till about two and I'll probably eat from about two to five today. I have an event tonight. Um, sometimes I can't, I can go and not eat before the event, but then I won't be home till 10. And, yeah. you know, I'll, it's funny, the busier you are, the less hungry you are. So hunger is not an emergency. And I used to think it was. Yeah, no, and, I, and, I'm, I'm with you. And I would think, and I, it was, okay, is it, is it time to eat? Right. I need to eat. Right. Like, oh, well, of course it's time to eat. I'm awake. And right. Noon, right. so I need to eat now. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's so between the ears, just like everything, I guess. It is. It's crazy. Okay. Well, let's talk about your new role. Your, what you do. You, so you left B98, you left radio after how many years, Jeff? Um, 15 at, at, at B98. And, you know, prior to that, I'd been in radio part-time. And so, I mean, I guess, gosh, it had been 25 years, probably total on the air, while I was doing other things too, you know, working at a bank and things like that. But yeah, 15 at B98. Well, and so you left that. It was a dark day for me. It was April of 2015. I cried. <laughs> I took to the bed that day. I mean, I <laughs> I left the station, went home and had a hard time recovering, uh, but wished you well. You needed to be in Conway. And you are, I've said for the whole time I've known you, you are Mr. Conway anyway. Wow. And so you've been providing the play-by-play for the football team, but now are you doing public address? Yeah. So yeah. What, so what happened was it was five and a half years ago that um, I, I went through a divorce and yeah, like you said, had to move back to Conway and to, to have um, joint custody of my kids and God opened a door that wasn't even a door uh, like he does. And I was able to take on a role of public relations at Conway Corp, which is the local a utility company. And so um, I had worked for Conway Corp for years doing the Conway High games, doing the play-by-play for the for the same company, but then went to, took on a role as public relations. And so did that up until this past year. And so actually this is my first fall to not do uh, the Conway High games on television. That's crazy. So, yeah, I retired from that. And I kind of had known I was going to do it for a while um, with Drew, with my stepson playing and, um, you know, we were just, even it was before COVID, we had decided it, that I was ready to sit in the stands next to Candy and, and watch him play on Friday nights and, you know, not have to be there four hours early and the stresses of it. And so um, I transitioned in a role that I, I have and I, I supervise the team that that puts together the broadcast. And so um, talked about it with, with my boss and decided that the right move was for me to slide into more of a host role. So I do the pregame and halftime show uh, pre-recorded for Conway High Football. And a buddy of mine, Levi Gilbert, does the play-by-play. And we've hired a local Conway guy, Tim Roach, who's been around forever to do the color. And so I'm still a part of it, but I'm not out every Friday night. Now for UCA, I am doing the public address announcing. So if Oh, if, I see. Uh, okay. Make it out to a Bears game, football or basketball, then you hear me in the stadium there. But uh, as far as what I did for Conway High, yeah, that that's changed. But I, I get to manage, basically I manage a TV station. That's the easiest way to describe it. We've got a, a local channel. It's a, it's a local origination channel. It's, it's not, it's not like a Wayne's world type thing. I have to explain, <laughs> you know, we have that. Um, we have a, a community access channel, but, but what, um, what I manage is a television station and a, and a production team of people that create video content uh, that tells Conway Corp story, whether it's internally or externally. Um, we create, uh, programming for the community uh, that helps tell Conway's story. And it's, you know, and, and I know you've given me that, that moniker and it's, uh, there's a lot of people I think could probably be more Mr. Conway's than me, but being born here and just, you know, watching it from afar because I grew up in Oklahoma, but always came back home. And it was always like this, it was like my, you know, my, my due North was always back here. That was where <laughs> it was. Yeah. Compass, you know, back to Conway. And so, you know, I love this town and I'm thankful to getting to raise my kids here and Candy and I have put our roots down here. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's cool to get to be a part of that. And, and honestly, you know, I know when you and I talked about 
doing this podcast and you made the comment about how you run your own board, you know, and I think I've, I've transitioned. I would, I didn't have a clue how to shoot a video on a phone, you know, and now I'm, I'll leave here today and I'll go do a stand up and oh, really, I love it. I'll take B roll and I'll edit it and I'll sync up my it. audio and I'll upload it. And it's, it's just life has changed and it's, I'm still getting to be creative and I'm now I'm getting the chance to, uh, manage a team of people. I've got three full-time employees that I manage and we've got a team of about 10 part-timers that I, I manage those folks too. And so it's, it's, it's a, it's a really, really, I love what I'm doing. I feel very blessed um, to, to get to, that's the main thing is to still get to be creative and to get to tell stories, you know, and I really realized that's what we've done for as long as we've done this is we're storytellers. Now you're a gifted storyteller, well, Jeff. I appreciate it. And it's, it, I'm, I'm thankful to get, get paid for it. That's for it sure. Definitely. Well, one of your strengths, you have many, many strengths, but that's definitely one of them. Um, in fact, that was one of the things people said they missed when I opened this up on, um, Facebook, they missed your family stories telling <laughs> what your kids were doing. You know, if people knew that isn't Mary Grace taller than you now. Oh yeah. Mary Grace is, is about a half a head taller than me. And, <laughs> Ellie's almost there. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, they, they have stretched out. Like we kind of thought they might, you know, my mom's tall and, and she's got, you know, three sisters and they're all tall. And, um, so yeah, no, it's funny to look at pictures because, you know, I, I try to, I try to make it not seem so obvious that my (laughs) six towering, but I saw yeah, a picture of her. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, some other things that came up on uh, memories that they loved was the time that um, people almost wrecked their cars when I explained that you can break up the banana family. Thought, and I, Lisa thought about it just this past week, and maybe it was because <laughs> I knew that this was coming. But Candy and I were at the <laughs> local neighborhood market, and I'm trying to look through my fogged up glasses with my mask on, and, and I saw the bananas there, and I... <laughs> I did. And I, I felt, you know, that was one of those things that was so genuine. And I realized that there were times that maybe you didn't need to be so genuine. <laughs> you proved that not as, not as worldly as maybe you think you are. Oh, which, so I funny. thought that that's what happened. I thought that they came out like that. you didn't open up a little Debbie and buy three or four of them. You, know? you said you went, you, you looked at me, you go, you mean you can separate what God had intended to stay together? That's right. And I said, you ripped two of them suckers off and you go check yeah. out. Well, and just home wrecker. Is oh, all home wrecker. Banana home wrecker. Banana home wrecker. Oh, yes. It was so funny. Another one, a lot of people remember the time that I brought my bougie cranberry sauce because I was so proud of it. And you bought your canned, which you also brought God into that. You said it got intended for the, <laughs> the ridges where you slice it. And you opened the can and you had tasted mine. You puckered your face. You didn't like it. And you said, well, here, try mine. I'll I'll show you yours if you show me mine or whatever. And you gave me yours and I turned the can over. And since I was new, I was a neophyte <laughs> with cranberry sauce. I didn't know when you turned it over, it would go... <laughs> Yeah, and it plopped yeah. on that brand new carpet. It looks like an accident victim had been there, <laughs> and I cussed, and we just said, "Well, I, I never did taste it. That was the good thing. I never had to try it." So you still have it? Uh, yeah, I have it someplace. <laughs> no, have you tried it? Oh, have I tried it? No, I don't want to. Okay, it's it's a glob of. Deliciousness no. is what it is. <laughs> no, yeah. it's gelled in a can shape. But I will tell you this: over the years, um, I have, I have discovered that that form of cranberry sauce also is is delicious. <laughs> okay, and, okay, and I, and it's you know I, I don't know if it's getting older or what it is how life has has happened, but I can definitely see that two truths can can happen. You know. Well, that was good. That's open-minded. Both can be delicious. As you would call yourself the Boutros Boutros Golly <laughs> of radio, you'd say, I'm like Sweden. I, really- I, was, I was right on the fence. I was Sweden because I didn't realize it wasn't Sweden, but I am... I'm still right on the fence. I mean, and it's, oh, it's, 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 it is one of those things that, that my wife has had to 
She's had to understand that I'm, I have whatever ability it is. And it's, sometimes it's a curse that I can, I can take myself out of a situation and see both sides of it. And, you know, I'm like, Oh, you know, maybe, maybe that is okay. And I can see that. Yeah. I, I, I can, I can that, easily so. be swayed. So oh, I get man. it. I could be sold a bill of goods. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's what I believe now. So uh, some things I do draw a line in the sand, but uh, yes. have you taken the Enneagram test? You know, I don't know. No. Okay. You need to take sure. it. I, I'd okay. like to, I have an idea of what you might be um, okay. as a peacemaker. Cause you really are a peacemaker. Oh, that's yeah. why, that's why you're a great employee to have on staff. You're a great person to work for. You're a great person to work with. So uh, definitely those are all strengths in the human okay. field. <laughs> so, so what, um, so Enneagram. E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. And it was started, or a lot of people thought it was uh, uh, Christ-centered or Christian-based, but secular groups use it all the time. The ones you might see online might be more of like a church or might have, um, they'll talk about the similarities with different people in the Bible, but it, it's really for anybody. And a lot of companies do use it so you understand how to speak someone's language. I'm the one, okay. the, I'm a number seven. I'm here for the fun and free Chick-fil-A. You know, I just want to have a good time. And so my my whole motivation is having fun, fun, fun. So, so that's, you get a, you get a number, you get a number, right? There are okay. one through nine and it's fun. Because I know that, you know, even back at the station, we did something like this. Didn't we have like colors? Like yes, we had colors. We had blues and yellows. Animals. And animals. Yeah. At the station, we had colors. Yes. What were, I don't even remember what I was. I don't either. I was sparkly. I don't remember. I was sparkly. It was, I'm, I'm so sure of it. Whatever <laughs> okay. number seven was in that world. That's right. So another yeah. one that was been brought up many times is the time that I uh, thought it was a good idea. I, after uh, a few drinks and no no meals that day in uh, Orlando, Florida, asked Donnie Osmond if I could lick him. That's correct. That's and uh, my fake hair had fallen out underneath the chair. Randy told me her hair's underneath <laughs> that chair. I put my fake hair back in and I stomped across the room and I walked outside. And all I wanted to do was meet Donnie Osmond. We saw Marie yeah. that week and B98 had won radio station of the year. And so you and I and Randy and uh, Kevin Miller and someone from Arkansas Children's Hospital, we we're all celebrating. Well, I'd celebrate a little bit too much because you remember you all picked me up in the golf cart that afternoon to take us to the dinner. And you were like, oh, sister, you've had a few too many. And that was even before the dinner. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the sun was out. The sun was out. As I'm remembering. Oh, my goodness. So yeah. I just had forgotten. I guess I was intermittent fasting. I'd forgotten to eat. <laughs> So, so you were doing that then. <laughs> right. That trailblazer. Also an early adopter. Right. So um, I asked Donnie Osmond if I could lick him. And as we know the story, he, he said no. I said no. Yeah. Right. He said no. And he didn't Being call security. Heading. So I went to tell it on the radio because I came home and told my husband, I said, should I tell it on the radio? He said, no. And I said, why not? He goes, you look unstable. And I said, no, I look cute. And Chris said, no, you look unstable telling that. So I, we had to tell it on that Monday morning. And as I told it, I said, I didn't want to look like a stalker or like I'd been drinking too much. And you said, well, you were 0 for 2 there. <laughs> True, true then and true now. I know. Yes. And see, Jeff, that just shows your comedic timing. I mean, and you said it with the driest wit. Well, you're over two there. <laughs> and I told the story and it has wow. lived on uh, for many, many years. And You haven't crossed paths with him again, have you? No, but uh, Kevin Miller interviewed him when he uh, went to KARN uh -huh. <laughs> for when he was on Dancing with the Stars. And I was broken up with Donnie Dio at that point. I mean, yeah. he was dead to me. <laughs> and uh, Kevin Miller recorded him, said, hey, Donnie, this is all off the air, but I need to ask you. We were at an event in 2009. Was it 2008? 2008 with you. Yeah, and, I think so. Um, 
the radio stations were there for the Children's Miracle Network, and someone asked if they could lick you. Do you remember? <laughs> and he was like, unfortunately, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You made an impact. So, well, I did. And because then I told him, I don't know what I meant with this. All I wanted to do, I didn't have my camera. That's why I said, I mean, I just wouldn't ask anybody off the street. I had a qualifier. I said, I don't have a camera. Um, How can I record this moment or remember this moment? I said, can I lick you? And I meant like his face or his elbow. And then he was obviously, I mean, he was not warm and fuzzy. I'll tell you. He was not the Donnie that was a little bit country or rock and roll. Yeah. He, he was a little bit butthole. Or the or the Teen Beat model. Was that what it was? Was it Teen Beat was a magazine? Yes. And so that's when I said, well, your favorite color in 1973 and Teen Beat or whatever it was. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Was purple. <laughs> like I told him. <laughs> so, yeah, that was unfortunate. And then, well, I'm not even going to talk about the rest of the night. I don't know if I ever did eat. <laughs> I oh, think I, don't. I, I just kept pushing, pulling, you know, throwing them back. Um, another <laughs> thing, people, many people, Jeff, and I, this retired. So we started working together in 2006. And at Christmas that year, you made the statement, Burl Ives, Holly Jolly Christmas has been retired. Oh, yeah. But it is something people still love to talk about. Holly Jolly Christmas. Yeah. Again, it's, it's those things that... And I, I, it had to have been because it's really kind of out of character for me to, I don't know. I would like to think it's out of character for me to do something dumb like that. But that's so funny. You get inside that room and you can sometimes <laughs> yourself. That it's just you and whoever you're in there with. Yeah. You know, and um, and so, yeah. So singing the Burl Ives, um, that that was something that, yeah, has, has lived on. And I, I again, I'm trying to think of, of the good things that have lived on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, uh, there are so many, so okay, many. Good. And that's good. what people love. Uh, <laughs> they loved our stories at Radiothon, our time at Radiothon yeah. at yeah. Children, for the Arkansas Children's Hospital and Children's <laughs> Miracle Network. I thought of another funny thing. It was the time that, so the radio stations, for people who don't know, where we're all grouped together and we had all, you know, our little room closets that, that we broadcast from. And we had a bathroom on our, our end and it was called the jock bathroom because we were disc jockeys. <laughs> and so at 8 a.m., the building opened up and people could come in. But before 8 a.m., it was just us, just us kids. It was us and the different radio stations. And I ran to the jock bathroom and the person did not lock the door. And it was a man standing there at the urinal. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Arnell, we ended the, the building, ended up hiring him. And I screamed and came out of that bathroom and I was screaming. And he, I walked in, you said, You look like you're unscrewing light bulbs. I don't know why I was flailing my arms. Why? Yeah, that's right. But no one came to rescue me. Like nobody was saying, Lisa Fisher's out there screaming. Nobody gave it a hill of beans, two cents. And you said, well, you look like you just saw a snake. And I said, I almost did. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Because Sean Arnell was standing there at the men's urinal. And I didn't know who he was. I mean, he was just really. He was just there. He was just a visitor. But you guys became friends. Yes, because we called him because then he walked by the room and I said, there's the perp. Oh, the perp. That's right. (laughs) Go go back to our days of watching The Office. So, yeah, we just had a lot of fun doing stuff like that. Oh, my gosh. Um, Someone else remembered the time that I cooked bacon in the control room (laughs) for your birthday. I remember the Hopi pancakes. And the Hopi pancakes, right. But I I forgot to do something in the Hopi pancakes and they were bad. And you, you ate them like it was good cranberry sauce dude well (laughs) again it's it's incredible what the brain can can do (laughs) right i am yeah that was that was early on i think you did the bacon i mean i you had already been hired no 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 did you you do it those first two days it wasn't the first two days i came in after the guy got fired then i filled in until we came to an agree there wasn't an agreement i remember i was homeschooling my kids it just remember i asked randy i said can i just do it like a monday wednesday friday and he went no we have a show every day yeah (laughs) i was like this may not work for me because i just didn't think i would go back into the work world at that point yeah um and so i was still 
because your birthday is it the ninth to eighth? It's, uh, nine, it's September sixth. So yeah, six. Nine. Okay, so September sixth. Yeah. So I'd I'd been coming in maybe a week or two. Yeah. to fill in. And I brought in <laughs> this, <laughs> this skillet, this uh, yeah. iron skillet with a lid. I didn't know that there was a, there's real, there, I'm sorry. There was a no eating policy in the studio at the time. After this, correct. then there was an all called everybody of a no cooking <laughs> policy in the control which, room, which they hadn't even considered that right. they needed. And you said, you said, you know, you just finally told me, you said, I, I got to tell you something. We're not supposed to eat in here, but you said you can smell bacon down over on power 92. They can yeah. smell it on their airwaves. Yeah, it was, I don't know, had something about the ventilation in there just was not good. That delicious pork up and it was, right. it was great. Right. It was, yeah, it, it, it vented to everybody else, but it was supposed to stay in our control room. That's right. So that was very funny. And then the, funny. the people also remember the first summer we were together, we did, we called it, it, it ended up being the weight gain tour. Remember? That's the truth. Because Bacon, uh, Petty Jean sponsored it. That's right. And we ate our weight in breakfast sushi to um, onion pie to you name it. Yeah, that was that was a, a, that was a good summer. That was not what you normally do in the summer where you get in some form of, you know, uh, ready for the lakes or the beaches. No, we're, no. It's going the other direction with all of that. But, you know, it's weird. I still I think about some of those places where we went and even, you know, even now I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember us. We came up here and did a show. We went out we, here and did a show. Yeah. You know, the way, and that's, it's crazy. You think about it now, you know, the, I, you know, you know, people listen. And like I said earlier, you, you can sometimes, at least I could convince myself that it was just us. But then when people would bring us into their homes, yeah, and, you know, and let us do what we did there. I mean, it's, 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 it's humbling really when you start thinking about it, that people really care enough. They got choices. And now that I'm in the work world and I'm, you know, I'll run Drew to school or I'll run my kids to school or wherever. And kind of in that commuting life, it's like, I realize they, you know, you get just a sh short window with the people on the air. And, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it means it, looking back on it now, I think it means even more to me that people would let us be a part of their life, you know, cause it's a lot of places they could have gone and they let it be us. So. You you also taught me once that you said the best way to understand a morning show listener, you said, was to one day listen in the car yourself. Yeah. And yeah. I had uh, taken my daughter to high school. She'd been homeschooled her whole life at ninth grade. She finally went to what we call real school and <laughs> she went to Little Rock Central High School. And I listened in the car that day. And you said that was the really the best schooling I could do for myself <clears throat> was to listen that day in that regard. And it did, it made all yeah. the difference to see what it's a lot of juggling that moms and dads have to do to get their yeah. kids out the door so they can get to work on time and everybody has their schoolwork done. I know during a yeah. pandemic, it's even more challenging. Yeah. Well, and, and I think about it, especially with, um, with Drew and, and the, the way that our, our custodial time is, is We've got Drew all throughout the school year, and then he spends summers with his dad. And then my kids, we have every other week. And so I, I take Drew to school often, and then my kids, just not as often, but I, I take them too. So like even this morning, you know, after the debacle with the Razorback game this past weekend, Drew and I were listening to a sports talk show driving to school. And, and in that five-minute window, it gave us something to talk about. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good a way to connection. look at that. Mm -hmm. And I, I realized that that was one of the things that we were able to do for a lot of families is we gave, it's so awkward with kids and it's uh -huh. awkward uh -huh. kids and they don't think you're cool. And, uh -uh. and they're, you know, they're going to drive you crazy, even though you love them with every ounce of you. But if there's something in those few moments before you release them for the day, you know, I, I, again, I don't mean to get sentimental about it, but I realized though that was what we did. It was, it was in those moments. It wasn't the, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that we did good, but I think that was something that we really did well daily, you know, and I'm, I'm thankful for that because I do know, and I'm sure you've heard it too. And I still hear it. You know, I used to listen with my kids. I listened, uh -huh. listened. They knew who you were. They knew who Lisa was. And so uh -huh. 
you know, that was that was a cool thing. And now, yeah, just piggybacking off what you said, I realize it every single day. Mm -hmm. That role was. Yeah, how important it is. Uh, Another big memory people have with our time together as you as Mr. Conway was perfect is when Chris Allen, little kid from Conway, (laughs) wins American Idol. Yeah, yeah. That was crazy. That was crazy. It was. And and that's something that um, I, I get to be reminded of often. You know, Chris, Chris gets back here, I guess maybe he's back about every year. There's an event that happens, uh, a songwriting event uh, for, for Blackbird that happens every year, the Alchemy Songwriting. And he's uh, one of the founders of that songwriting event or the contest and comes back and is a judge every year. And so I still get to see him, uh, you know, about once a year, if not sometimes more often. And yeah, that was it was a great time. He actually came back to UCA and did a concert about a year ago, kind of a homecoming show. And the chamber put it on and they asked me to to come and, and MC it. And so it wasn't it was not only the um, the B98 aspect of it, but we were also doing events for Conway Corp. And so looking back on that, you know, hosting watch parties and and how, yeah, you know, it seems like all these different parts of my life have overlapped and. Um, but yeah, that was, that was incredible. That was an, that was an incredible few months to watch that journey. And then with you going out there for the finale and crazy all, and then him coming back, I mean, just, that was really fun. I mean, it's once in a lifetime. What definitely. And it was when he, um, Remember covered heartless when he played yes. heartless, I could still get chills listening to that. And that's when I remember I looked at you and I said, Oh, he may have won this, you yeah. know, yeah. it was a really good time. So folks uh, get your Google out and look for Chris Allen singing <laughs> heartless on American Idol because that's right. I don't have the audio to pull right now. Uh, yeah. That was a real special time. We were, remember they came and recorded us yes. for the hometown visit for American Idol. And we were on TV. <laughs> we were on it was yeah and again that stuff it's like you don't i don't know you don't get into radio or any any form of media hoping something like that's going to happen but when it does you're like well this is kind of cool oh (laughs) it was so cool to do this and um i mean between that and then you know i I think about the duggars you know oh yeah a little exposure with the duggars yeah so uh yeah i I love that too good times Um, yeah just a lot of things that, um, yeah, we got to do that couldn't be done anywhere else that were yeah. unique to our time. But you also told me something else because I've told you said you knew you would hit the home run when I would throw my head back and laugh and yeah. clap, you know, like I'm some seal. You didn't say that part, <laughs> but I mean, I've, I'm like some dork in the way Why I laugh. you mention it though? Yeah. The, but, right. And so, but you would say, I would say, Jeff, your sense of humor is G rated. I mean, if it's PG rated, there might be a double entendre, but nothing ever uh, that would offend somebody. And you said it's way harder to be funny and have clean humor. You said it's low hanging fruit to talk trash, but you know, Jerry Seinfeld has taught us that. And, um, a couple of others, you, you know, the Jim Gaffigan I'm thinking of that it's, it's harder to be funny without crossing the line, but you never cross the line. Well, I, I tried, that's for sure. Cause I, I wanted to, I mean, I wanted to try to do things the way I felt like they should be done. And that's, it wasn't judgmental against anybody else because they did things the way they thought they should be done. Again, it's that Sweden thing, you know, I can, uh, I can right. see the neutrality of <laughs> if you want to do it this way then that works, you know, do it that way. Um, but yeah, and I appreciate you saying that. Cause I really, I, I, I tried to, and I, uh, I I wanted to achieve that, and and I I, I know I, I still want to. I still like to try to make people laugh, and if if I can do it without uh, without being dirty. Speaking of comedians, though, real quick, have you watched Nate Bargatze? No, but I write. Oh. I do anything you say. So where do I find um, him? Netflix. Um, okay. Nate Bargatze. Okay. There you go. I'm telling you, he is he's a laugh right. And here we were coming back from the beach, and this was uh, one of those times where we're. Candy had to look at me and say, we got to do something different here because it was a late night drive. I I needed to listen to something other than just music. And so I pulled up Nate Bargatze and listened to it again. And she was like, Jeff, that bit about the the horse being asleep on the side of the road was really funny the first time. (laughs) But 
I can't hear it again. And so I've, I've kind of worn it out, but I have to listen to it alone now because it's, uh, but no, he's great. It's, it's a Netflix special, very clean, very, very Good. funny, great delivery. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, watch it tonight. It's on my radar. I yeah, I don't like it. don't like to watch trash uh, talk. That's why I do like uh, Jerry Seinfeld's comedians and cars getting oh, yeah. coffee. Yeah, um, yeah, Jim Gaffigan, that kind of stuff. Because humor yeah. is very very important to my life. Another funny thing you used to do in the spring, you would come to the station and you'd say, "Well, Paul and Jeff is here." I can't do it, <laughs> but you would be real congested, and you called yourself your alter ego was Paul and it Jeff. Was, it was. What was, uh, what did Michael Scott, when he, he, when he had the headband, uh, the, oh yeah, whatever he was. So yeah, that, that was Paul and Jeff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I don't know if I've been healed of that or I don't know. I mean, I just lived 30 minutes North of where I lived in. So it can't be a, do you want to hear something crazy? What's that? It's like I used to say, you would say, Lisa's, Lisa hurt her elbow. She'll blame it on her thyroid. But now oh. <laughs> I attribute everything to intermittent fasting. <laughs> and intermittent fasting, it. Yeah. it does help with allergies because of your histamine load is lowered. I'm sorry I know these things. Don't be. No, but it's, you are, but it's you're true. sharing so, that knowledge. Yes. So it's definitely true. It uh, It's definitely Paul and Jeff. <laughs> Paul and Jeff. Oh my gosh, Jeff, you just made me laugh, made me laugh. Um, and then that last day you made me cry. I held it all together until I can't even talk about it. The, like, yeah. listen to me, I'm getting tuned up at the very end. You read a letter to the listeners and you targeted some to me. And that was about eight 50 in the morning. We had a little going away thing for you. It's as if yeah. you had died. I was so, I was yeah. so undone. And then I came home and went to bed that day. <laughs> and you know, and I, and I've, I've so, at the time, definitely <clears throat> it talked about that quite a bit that, you know, it's, it's not often you get to go to your own funeral and it, that's <laughs> right. Right. Like, you know, but it was also, it was like yeah. everything that I had done for years, everything I'd been a part of and you hope that it makes an impact. And, you know, a lot of times you don't get to know that until it's too late. And, and I got to, and I know you got to experience it a few years later. Yeah. And when, it was great to get to come back to your yes. final episode. And, and that made me cry when you came in. Cause you brought the cranberry sauce. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, going away gift. Oh, and then you having your kids with you. That was the biggest surprise of my day and it was the yeah. best send off. So thank you for doing that. Cause I know you well, sure. remember Beckett had played Fortnite all night. Cause it was his birthday or you're ha celebrating <laughs> his birthday and they were 10 year old boys or eight year old. Yeah. They were eight year old boys probably at the time. So and he fell asleep. Yeah. He fell asleep in the chair. Yep. <laughs> and then I love seeing Mary Grace and Ellie and just beautiful girls and sweet kids. And thank you. You're just a dear Jeff. I miss, I miss the banter. I miss, um, you know, when you work with some, I, you know, the Bible says iron sharpens iron and that can be said for a, a lot of relationships uh, that mm -hmm. means in spiritual matters, but definitely in humor, you sharpened my wit in ways mm. that, uh, I'm rusty. And I, I sometimes <laughs> think I miss the funny line because you always taught me, don't say the obvious line. You, you yeah. knew a lot about improv. You're just a great teacher. So thank you for letting me be a student all those years. And well, I appreciate it. And that was, it was a great time. And, and I've, I've said it before. It was, you know, I, I, I met you being a fan of yours and then we became friends and, and you were a steadying influence. I was just telling Candy, we, we drove up to Jonesboro to go to the ASU UCA game and we were driving back and we were talking about um, doing this podcast. And I, I made the comment, <clears throat> I made the comment to her that, um, you know, and I've told you this before too, you and Chris don't realize what you taught me about parenting. Wow. And you know, and it's, it's still, I still think about it. Hmm. And it don't cause more work for someone, you know, right. right. You always love that one. <laughs> All of those things were so just solid life lessons. Thank you. And, you know, just such a, a the way I, and I, I, I think about Chris and I think about how, just the steadying influence uh -huh. of Chris Fisher and how uh -huh. he is as a husband and uh -huh. a father. And, you know, that's, that's a bar that I, I want to try to, to meet. And so anyway, so thank you for what you and you did for me professionally uh -huh. and, and what you both did for me personally. And 
the areas of my life that I needed help. And, uh, you know, you were, you were a vault in those last few months when mm. I went through a lot and needed someone to talk to. And, mm. you know, I, we, we, we would do our, our banter on the air and then I would lean my head against the microphone mm-hmm. and go into therapist mode. And we, uh, somehow made it work, but that, that, that hasn't been forgotten or lost. And so I appreciate it. Well, you're dear. The Fishers have made a lot of mistakes parenting. We all do. Just it, own up to it now so you don't disappoint yourself. You will make mistakes. Um, but uh, the other day, my kids were reminded that the Bible says uh, parents are the pride of their children. And they said that they were very proud of us as parents. And, oh, wow. it, you know, you get to that point where you're you're not stupid to them anymore. And yeah. you, you fu- it's fun being friends. You know, mine are all grown. So um, yeah. it's been a pleasure. I would f- finish this with what are you most proud of? But I'm not. <laughs> I made you clap. I'm, I'm most I'm most proud that you would remember to ask that. That's oh, that you, and our roundabouts. Right. Conway. Mr. I'm Conway and the roundabouts. Proud of. You you That's are a dear. Funny. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate no, I'm it. I'm glad to do it. Thank you for asking me. Thanks for spending this time with me. If you would, subscribe to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast, tell a friend. And for show notes and more information, go to lisafishersaid.com. Thank you.